0: This week in our reading, because we are trying to read the Bible together and we're in the historical books, we're in, we're in 2 Kings. This week was all about one king. I mean, there's been a reading that you've done and it's been about um, various kings, king, 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 king. And you just like zoom through the week and you go, oh wow, and maybe 100 years have gone by. But the, the section with which we read this week... It was all about one king, and that's King Hezekiah. I tell you, I love King Hezekiah. I, he's one of my favorite kings of the kings of Israel and Judah. I, I think Hezekiah is cool. In fact, I named two sons, Caleb and Jonathan, biblical son biblical names. And If I had a third son, I think I might have named him Hezekiah. Or Mephibosh, yes. But <laughs> I think maybe Barb might have put the kibosh to that. But anyway... I, I love Hezekiah. He's 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 a real guy. I mean, and and the designation that kings give Hezekiah um is that he was just like his father David. Wait. I thought his father was Ahaz. But in his in the lineage, he is compared to David and in the estimation of 2 Kings or even the whole book of Kings, you get compared to David, then you're doing okay. And so, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been faced with a situation or crisis that you didn't quite know how to handle? Well, you knew how to, you should handle it, but you were drawn to go in a different direction. One that was less painful, safer, or the path of least resistance. Today we're going to we're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 18 a little bit of chapter 19 because Hezekiah and the people of Jerusalem are faced with this exact thing. So I'm going to read at length a portion of scripture because I believe the word of God speaks much better than I do. And we're we're going to look at this and compare what the Repsheikh, And that is the field commander Of the Assyrian army Tries to convince Hezekiah to give up Okay so let's read So starting in 2nd Kings chapter 18 And we're going to start in verse 13 In the 14th year of King Hezekiah's reign Sennacherib king of Assyria Attacked all the fortified cities of Judah And captured them So Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent this message to the king of Assyria at Lachish: "I have done wrong. Withdraw from me, and I will pay whatever you demand of me." The king of Assyria exacted from Hezekiah, king of Judah, three hundred talents of silver and thirty talents of gold. We stop right here for just a second. Three hundred talents of silver. It's about 30 tons of silver. And 30 talents is about 3 tons of gold. That's, I mean, that's a lot. So when you hear talents, you go, what is that? That's what it is. Okay, 15. So Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the temple of the Lord and in the treasuries of the royal palace. At this time, Hezekiah, king of Judah, stripped off the gold with which had covered the doors and the doorposts of the temple of the Lord and gave it to the king of Assyria. The king of Assyria sent his supreme commander, his chief officer, and his field commander with a large army from Lachish to King Hezekiah at Jerusalem. They came up to Jerusalem and stopped at the aqueduct in the of the upper pool on the road to the washerman's field. They called for the king, and Eliakim, son of Helkiah, and the palace administrator, Shebna the secretary, and Joah, son of Asaph, The recorder went out to them the field commander said to them tell Hezekiah this is what the great king the king of Assyria says on what you are basing or what are you basing this confidence of yours you say you have the counsel and the might of war but you speak only empty words on whom are you depending that you rebel against me Look, I know that you are depending on Egypt, that splintered reed of a staff, which pierces the hand of anyone who leans on it. Such is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all who depend on him. But if you say to me, we are depending on the Lord our God, isn't he the one whose high places and altars Hezekiah removed, saying to Judah and Jerusalem, you must worship before this altar in Jerusalem? Come now, make a bargain with my master, the king of Assyria, I will give you 2,000 horses if you can put riders on them. How can you repulse one officer of the least of my master's officials, even though you are depending on Egypt for chariots and horsemen? Furthermore, I have come to attack and destroy this place without word from the Lord. The Lord himself told me to march against this country and to destroy it. Then Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, and Shebna and Joah, said to the field commander, Please speak to your servants in Aramaic Since we understand it Don't speak to us in Hebrew In the hearing of the people on the wall But the commander replied Was it only to your master And you that my master sent me To say these things And not to the people sitting on the wall Who like you will have to eat Their own excrement and drink their own urine Then the commander stood And called out in Hebrew Hear the word of the great king The king of Assyria this is what the king says, Do not let Hezekiah deceive you. He cannot deliver you from my hand. Do not let Hezekiah persuade you to trust in the Lord when he says, "The Lord will surely deliver us. This city will not be given this city will not be given into the hands of Assyria. Do not listen to Hezekiah. This is what the king of Assyria says. Make peace with me and come out to me. Then each of you will eat fruit from your own vine and fig tree and drink water from your own cistern until I come and take you to a land like your own, a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of olive trees and honey. Choose life, not death. Do not listen to Hezekiah, for he is misleading you when he says the Lord will deliver us. Has the God of any nation ever delivered his his land From the hand of the king of Assyria Where are the gods of Hamath And Arpad Where are the gods of Sephiraim And Hannah and Eva Have they rescued Samaria from my hand Who of all the gods of these countries Has been able to save this land from me How then can the Lord Deliver Jerusalem from my hand But the people Remained silent and said nothing In reply because the king Had commanded do not answer him then Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, the palace administrator, Shebna the secretary, and Joah, son of Ashaf, the recorder, went to Hezekiah with their clothes torn and told him what the field commander had said. Chapter nineteen. When King Hezekiah heard this, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and went into the temple of the Lord. He sent Eliakim, the palace administrator, Shebna the secretary, and the leading priests all wearing sackcloth to the prophet Isaiah, son of Amaz. They told him, this is what Hezekiah says. This day is a day of distress and rebuke and disgrace. As when children come to the moment of birth and there is no strength to deliver them. It may be that the Lord your God will hear all the world's. Of the field commander whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to ridicule the living God. And that he will rebuke him for the words the Lord your God has heard. Therefore pray for the remnant that still survives. When King Hezekiah's officials came to Isaiah, Isaiah said to them, Tell your master this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid of what you have heard. Those words with which the underlings of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Listen. When he hears a certain report. I will make him want to return to his own country. And there I will have him cut down. With the sword. Going farther down. Second Kings 1935 through 37. That night the angel of the Lord went out. And put to death 185,000 in the Assyrian camp. When the people got up the next morning. There were all the dead bodies. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, broke camp and withdrew. He returned to Nineveh and stayed there. One day, while he was worshiping in the temple of his god, Nisroch, his sons, Adramelech and Sheriz, Sherzer, killed him with the sword, and they escaped to the land of Arath. And Ashurandan, his son, succeeded him as king. I know it's a long passage. And we jumped around a little bit but that is the story we've got the beginning and we've got the end but let's go back to the beginning of this crisis with which Hezekiah is faced because you know what he didn't know the end of the story and why that's important because you're going through a crisis or you're you're, you're going to go through a crisis or you've just finished a crisis somewhere in your life and you didn't know the end of your story either and maybe you don't now let's look at a map if we can okay this is all this is Israel right here this is the little part you got the Mediterranean Sea and you got like the fertile crescent right here Assyria started here and started Taking over land. They get all the way down to Babylon. They almost get to the Persian Gulf. For the total extent of their land. They come down this way. This is Egypt. The other big power. They have a big battle. But. Assyrians come down. And if you look here. The border here. Here's Jerusalem. Assyrians go all the way past. This little. It's kinda of blurry right here. Maybe it shouldn't be, but anyway. This is lackish. This is this is south of Jerusalem. Okay? The Assyrians have come in and they've taken over all of the northern kingdom of Israel. We covered this last week in our study. They've taken over and they've deported everybody. They've killed a bunch of people. They took the best and they transferred him way up here in the this area called here, Gozen So, but now all that's left is Judah. And now Sennacherib comes down with his force, and he takes over. He goes around Jerusalem. He takes over all of Judah, all the other fortified cities, in and instead of Lach- as well as Lachish, fall to the king of Assyria. And the only thing that's left is Jerusalem. That's it. So when we see Hezekiah talking about a remnant, that's all that's left. Everything else is conquered. Everything else has been taken over. And we see that Hezekiah is in doubt. He's in doubt. He's been as a king, he's been well he's known as a good king. Why? Because he removed all the high places in Judah. And said, we're going to serve the Lord. You go to the temple of the Lord. No other place is where you're going to go. He's instilling. He's even, if you've read this week, he destroyed the bronze serpent that was held in high esteem. During. This is a Moses thing. Because they were praying to it rather than praying to God. He has done what he should do. And he's trying to do. But yet, Hezekiah knows a lot of things. What he knows is. Even though I've done all these things. Judah. Can still be. Taken over by Assyria. Because his father. Was a very evil king. Ahaz. Look at your. Look at your little. Thing that I passed out for you. You have good kings. Bad kings. There's only two kings left. In the kingdom of Judah. It's Hezekiah and. we'll we'll talk about later Josiah but Ahaz was a he was a mess and so Hezekiah is turning down away from him he's, he's deciding to follow the Lord but because Judah was doing the same thing that Israel was doing he didn't know whether God was going to wipe all of Judah out or not and he's already seen the northern tribes already wiped out and taken away. What does he do? Well, the first thing he does is he gives tribute to the king of Assyria, Sennacherim. He gives all silver and gold, and says, "Hey, if you leave me alone, here's the, here's all this." So he gives him all the silver and all the gold. But guess what? King of Assyria says, "Okay, thanks for the thanks for the cash. I'm still going to take you over." And he did And so Hezekiah at this point I I can see this in the scriptures He's wavering We see him giving money And there's probably evidence That he sent people to Egypt To say hey Egypt can you Can you help us Can we get a treaty Can you come and battle Help us battle against the Assyrian Hordes that are coming down from the north Because the field commander Seems to know what's going on I mean he seems really aware Of what's going on He's trying to fix it his way He's not relying on God And then the field commander The Let's see The supreme commander The chief officer And the field commander Is what the NIV says if you're looking at the New King James Version, which is I tend to read more than the NIV these days. He calls them the Tartan, the Rabsari, and the Rapshaik. And that's the Supreme Commander, Chief Officer, and Field Commander, respectively. Because the Assyrian officers seem to have complete command of the situation. I mean, they just walk right into the city. And they go right up to... And they stand... By the crucial water supply. Which would be Jerusalem's lifeline. In the event of a siege. He walks right up there. And starts talking. And he doesn't just talk. In Aramaic. His language. He speaks in Hebrew. And in fact. Even the representatives of Hezekiah. Are like. Hey, could you talk to us in Aramaic. We, cannot, we, we understand that. He's like No. I mean, that's like telling a little child, don't do that. It's the one thing you shouldn't do. What's the child going to do? Well, that thing, right? So this field commander, the Rabshakeh, proclaims loudly in Hebrew so that everyone can understand what's going to happen. Why? Because the goal of the field commander, the rabshake, is to discourage Hezekiah, to discourage the people that are in Jerusalem and he wants them to just give up they're all standing in the old city around where the wall is, there's still people out there and he's like just open up the gates you guys can go back to your own little to your land and and just go back to your vineyards and to eat your own food and drink from your own cisterns until we come to get you and we'll take you to a good land not unlike this land it'll be it'll be fine you you won't you won't you'll be ruled over by us but you'll be fine if you don't if you just give up that's his that's his ploy he puts doubt in the minds of the people and if Hezekiah isn't careful into his own mind one of the things that he says is, well didn't King Hezekiah remove all the places all the high places for someone who is not a follower of Yahweh he's thinking more is better he removed all the places I bet your God is mad at you For removing all the high places Even though the law said You need to go to where the priests are And where the actual temple is So he doesn't quite understand that He thinks more is better Like the other gods Of the other different people And so maybe God's mad at Hezekiah And that's why he's they're able to do the things that they do They take over Judah And it looks like it really wasn't much trouble to do it So his speech That he gives at the wall Is a mix Of truth And fiction And things that he thinks he's familiar with For example He said you shouldn't rely on Egypt Guess what the northern tribes relied on Egypt and that didn't go so well for them so that's a true statement you shouldn't rely on Egypt because Egypt's kinda wishy-washy Egypt's gonna do what's good for Egypt not for Israel not for Judah Second, he said the Assyrian army was clearly more superior army in tactics and size he says heck we'll give you a bunch of horses if you can find enough men to To get on it. Hezekiah knows he's got a remnant. He's got very little left. Of an army. So he says. Our army is vastly superior to yours. And that's a true statement as well. The next thing he says. Hezekiah has taken down the high places. The Rapshaik saw this as a bad thing. And then in 4. He says. That we will give you a place that's just as good We'll We'll give you a place that's just as good But what he doesn't understand Is that God said this is the land that I'm giving you This is your land So that's a lie So the whole argument of the field commander is for Judah to give up He's reminding people on the wall what will happen during a siege. When you're walled inside your city, you don't get food. You can't go out to get food. You get food to get captured or killed. So you have to stay inside your walled city. And pretty soon, over a period of time, the food runs out. The water runs out. And guess what you're doing? He reminds them, you're going to be eating your own stuff. And that's never a good thing. So he's encouraging them to surrender. And so what is Hezekiah to do? He's already seen the results of what happened in the north. Why? Because we know that this is this is during the reign Hezekiah's fourteenth year. We know from the reading that Hezekiah came to start reigning in the third year of Hosea in the northern tribe and we know that Hosea and Samaria fell in his ninth year so that's already happened it's already happened he's seen it happen he's seen the people of God the people of Hebrew descent get taken away so what is he to do Well, here's Hezekiah's response. Even though he wavered, he comes through in the end. And he does what's right. From our reading, first of all, he told people not to respond to the field commander, not to talk back. They were silent. That was super wise. Can you imagine if you're the field commander and you're like saying all these things and you're just waiting for the arguments to break out? Well, we should we should open up the gate. Well, shut up! What are you talking about? Oh no no! Nobody says anything. Can you imagine? Hmm, that's a disciplined group. That's that was first. That's wise move number one. Number two, Hezekiah saw the situation. Accurately, And it says that he tore his clothes. And he humbled himself. Wearing sackcloth and having all of your officials wear sackcloth. All of the priests wear sackcloth. And go to Isaiah. Is a humble thing. The king's used to wearing kingly robes. He's wearing burlap. So he's humbled himself. And he saw the accusation. The, the situation accurately number 3 Hezekiah sought the Lord he went to the house of the Lord and sought the Lord now it's not saying he went into the holy of holies or even the place where only the priests were he's going into the outer courts but he's seeking the Lord that's step number 3 that he did really good And number four, he sought the word of the Lord. Now, at that time, he doesn't have, all he has is the law. But he's seeking the word of the Lord. He goes to Isaiah, who is a known prophet that will give you the word of the Lord. Not just what you want to hear, but the word of the Lord. The actual what the Lord told him to do. And Isaiah gives a pronouncement. Listen. The only what makes a prophet of God a prophet of God is if he says what's going to happen comes true, and he's already proven himself. That he's done that. But he gives a bold statement. He says he's going to hear a report and he's going to go back, and he's going to die by in his own country. Wow! And of course, we know the end of the story, right? We know this exactly happened. What was the report he heard? Oh, 185 people. Troops died. They wake up in the morning. There's just bodies strung everywhere. Wow! Can you imagine if you're a prophet and you you have, you have these bold statements? Look over the wall. There's 185,000 just masses of bodies. Told you, right? And so, Sennacherib goes back to his own country. In fact, there is a relief that they found in Nineveh, talking about this very episode where Sennacherib went down. Of course, it's it's you know all making it sound really good. He's oh, I had Hezekiah trapped like a bird in a cage. Doesn't say anything about it taking Jerusalem, but for the best of light and there's no mention of 185,000 troops being dead but he tries to give it a good spin but we know that it happened because we have extra biblical evidence of this happening so all's well and ends well right now right well again we know the end of the story we know that Judah will fall Jerusalem will fall be another 200 years but that's a great story but if it's just a story you're missing the point can i tell you that we serve a god that doesn't change and you know what there is a crisis that you're going through or you're getting ready to go through and you have a tendency to To be like Hezekiah. Because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know the end. You don't know what's going to happen. How you respond. Is very very important. As a follower of Yahweh. The Lord. This is very important. Remember remember the, 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 Rabbi, the Rabbi Sheikh the field commander. He is spouting out truth and truth. And then he starts getting into the little fiction. And then he says, how can the Lord resist my king? And he doesn't just say, Lord, capital L, small case O-R-D. No, he says, Cap- capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Which means he uses the word Yahweh, the personal name of God, to the people on the wall. How can Yahweh, like he knows him, can resist me? Overstepped his bounds. And that's why Isaiah tells Hezekiah, he blasphemes me. He acts like he knows me. And so God... Acts on his name's sake. And he acts on behalf of the people of Hezekiah. And the people of, of Jerusalem. Because of what the field commander says. Whew. Same with you. You are a follower of Yahweh. And his son Jesus. How you respond... Listen, we have an enemy of our souls. And he has access to us. Now, it may not be right at us. It may be through other people. It may be through other organizations. But they're going to speak half-truths. He's going to speak stuff to you. That you, that will encourage you to, one, give up. Or two, do something That is contrary to his word. He will. It's constant. But you need to know who you're listening to. Listen, you're faced with a crisis. First thing you need to do, don't respond to it. Don't. Don't respond to those voices. Humble yourself Okay God I'm in this position But I know that you're in control You're in control And I need to go And seek you In your house I need to seek The word of the Lord And I need to act Accordingly Listen That doesn't mean that everything is going to be perfect for you But you know what? You will continue to honor God. And that's more important than your comfort. It is. That's what we need to be doing. We need to follow Hezekiah's example. Because you know what? We serve a God. Who sent his son. So that he can live within us. Listen, a few things I've learned in life One thing that I've learned Is that you can't change other people You can't I mean, my marriage alone could tell me that I can't change my wife But I can change how I respond to her You know what I'm saying? I can. I may not be able to change the situation with which I'm faced, the crisis which I'm going, but I can. I can change myself and how I respond to it. And I want to respond, giving glory to God. I want. To, I want to respond as someone who trusts in the Lord and not on other things. And it can be in any number of things. Maybe we put our trust in our wealth or our trust in our insurance or our our trust in our relationships other than God. And sometimes God can use that and we can humble ourselves because we need to put our trust in him first, first and foremost. Listen, we're faced with the situation as the body of Christ where this is dividing us and it's breaking my heart. It is. And we have people putting their trust in this rather than their trust in God. Listen, I know I have people that are godly people that want to do this. And that's absolutely fine It is absolutely fine We have people that don't want to wear a mask Let me tell you something How What this looks like We both need to humble ourselves You know, and for someone to make Make someone feel more comfortable And I have to wear this I'll do it You know why? Because I, I don't want people to feel uncomfortable Because I still want to have a relationship with them So I need to humble myself people that insist on the mask you need to make sure that you humble yourself and allow someone else to not have to necessarily wear a mask and say okay you know god i'm a little worried about this but we'll do it that's what, that's what that's, that's just this one just one crisis we've got all kinds of crises going on we have people insisting on their way that we need to get rid of capitalism we need, we need to crush this whole thing and start again. And then we have other people that don't. We're in crisis. We need to go to God about this. Listen. I got to where I was just watching too much TV. And I was freaking out about everything. About this pandemic. About the violence in the streets. I finally realized you know what I'm spending more time watching stinking TV and news than I am in this God's word and I said that's enough and I started reading God's word again you know what I started getting hope again and I started hearing truth again Listen, I don't care where you stand on the issue of this. Or the issues of what our society looks like. I want you to care on what's on this. If you're in crisis. This. Will lead you to God. This is what will. Change you. And shape you. Into giving God glory. I know this as sure as I'm standing here and I want this for you I want this for the body for the precious saints that are a part of Heights Christian Church because I know if we do this we'll make a difference People, other people will be interested what's going on how come you are not shaken how come you are good Peaceful. What's going on? Because I trust in God. And that makes God more favorable. Because there'll be there are people that are scrambling, freaking out, and thinking, I'm gonna die, and I got nothing, this is all there is. You know what we know? This isn't all there is. We know that as a follower of Jesus Christ. We're going to live forever. If you don't believe that. Come talk to me after service. I'd be happy to talk to you about Jesus Christ. Are we smiling? Are we happy? I love Hezekiah. I'm glad that we got to read it this week. If you didn't go back, read it and see what the voices of evil are trying to convince Hezekiah to do and the response that he did, it will encourage you and that's just part of the, the plan of God, that's why it's in the Bible because he wants to encourage us can I tell you I love you guys? You guys are on my heart all the time. That's part of the responsibility that Jeremy and Jose Luis and myself bear. We think of you constantly. We pray for you guys. And we want to be with you. We want to get live this life together with you. And as a matter of fact, we, we're going to start a new life group. And it's going to be at Mark and Barbara's house. And we're going to start the 28th of August. It's going to be on a Tuesday. And um, we're going to have uh, Paul and Brenda Kenderdine who will be co-leading with us, and we're going to be getting together in our house. So, if you were not in a life group, we'd love for you to come. We'd love for you to come. We're not still. We're not poaching from any other life group. But it, there's a lot of people that aren't in life groups. who need to come. It's a perfect time to start because. We need to build love for one another. We need to be a part of a group that loves God and loves each other. I'm going to pray for us. If you have prayer requests, please send it to text in church or write it in cards and put it in the offering boxes in the back with your offering. Because we want to pray for you. If you say, you know what, I can't wait for you to pray on Monday. And I want you to come down the elders will be here they will come down while I start praying and they will pray we will pray with you right stinking now because we want this to be participatory you don't have to listen to me or just sing let's, let's get involved let's pray for us let's have God do something amazing this week Father God we come before you thank you and praise you for who you are you are a great God we trust you we thank you help us Lord this week to live our life to bring you glory if it's because of challenges if it's because of blessings if it's just in the response of sharing you to another soul I pray, Lord, that you will help us to be successful. And by successful, I mean, Lord, that you're given glory through any of these situations. That's our job, to point people to you and to live accordingly. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done. That because of your sacrifice on the cross, because of your willingness to go into crisis, you achieve for us something that we could never do. That's a life with you for eternity. Thank you, Lord. We give you honor and praise this day. In the name of Jesus, Amen.